0: Hi and welcome. This is Laurent from OSINJobs.com and you're listening to the OSINT Jobs Podcast. OSINT has grown hugely in popularity and so it's no surprise that it's being used across many industries. On this show, I sit down with successful practitioners to discuss careers, jobs and skills to get a deeper insight into the world of OSINT. Today, we are talking to Tracy Mayleaf, aka Infosec InfosecShapper on Twitter. Tracy works as a security researcher at Krebs Stamos Group, and we'll discuss everything there is to know about Infosec, especially from an OSINT point of view, and we'll also learn how Tracy managed to transition from a librarian to an information security expert. Thanks for joining us, Tracy.
1: It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Let's kick off this interview with some basics. Can you please explain to us what is information security?
1: Absolutely. The easiest way to think of information security is an umbrella term under which many things reside. One of those things being cybersecurity. I like to joke that cybersecurity is the sexy term that people like to use most often. But it's it's technically it only applies to you know the digital, the computer aspect of security because you also have physical security and then you have forensics, uh, you have social engineering, which is leads to, you know, phishing and vishing and things like that. Uh, so uh, information security is an umbrella term that covers, you know, all these different ways to protect people, information, things it's. It's just like I said, a big umbrella term.
0: Okay, and uh, and how does OSINT fit into information security? Because I know information security is, is a big industry, and uh, yeah, just to to get a better understanding, like how does OSINT fit into infosec?
1: Sure, sure. Well, for any of your listeners who don't know, so OSINT stands for open source intelligence and it's actually just one part of different types of intelligence that can be gathered you know there's sigin signals intelligence human human intelligence so the open source intelligence just means something that's not classified uh it it, it's just anything that's that's available that doesn't require security clearance or government clearance i know some people dispute whether or not things that require a subscription are OSINT. They are because there's nothing prohibiting you from getting a subscription other than money. It's not like you need a security clearance. So that's the one thing I wanted to put out there is that just because it's behind a paywall doesn't mean it's not OSINT. It just means you have to pay for it. (laughs) But how this fits into information security is you need people who know how to do this kind of research to gather information so what you know where to look online to find the origin of uh, of a malicious IP or for example uh, at a previous position that I held they wanted to protect the executives of the company so they had me review their social media and I was able through my osint skills to tell where a photo was taken And the person posted it under the pretense of, oh, I'm hiding out in this small town during the pandemic um, and no one can find me. Well, it took me maybe 20 minutes. uh, And I actually didn't do a reverse image search. I mean, I did one, but it wasn't fruitful. I was able to use other OSINT research strategies to locate where that photo was taken and i was correct and then the person the executive of that company took the took the the tweet down because they thought that they were being anonymous by posting this photo and i had to explain to them like and 20 minutes probably a little slow i was like but it took me 20 minutes to figure out which small town you're in so it's That's the key element to where OSING comes in for security, is trying to protect people having superior research skills and kind of going beyond what the average layperson thinks is discoverable.
0: So, InfoSec is not just about investigating malicious IPs and other technical metrics. It can also include um, tasks such as protecting executives or other VIPs by checking on their social media profiles. Um Tracy are you aware of any infosec roles that focus 100% on osint and less so on these technical investigations?
1: Um yeah the, I am not aware personally of any jobs that are 100% osint but I believe they exist I think I think some people I know may have jobs like that. I see osint as a complementary skill to cybersecurity. Um and also something i want to point out to anyone listening who wants to get into this as a career keep in mind when i was a librarian i was doing all this but i didn't know it had the cool name of OSINT. (laughs) so there's a there's a very good chance that you already have these skills and you just didn't know that they were called OSINT skills so that's a big thing that i want people to understand is i thought that os I-N-T, I can spell, <laughs> was a computer program. When I first got in, when I was looking to get into InfoSec and I actually asked someone, I said, hey, I'm really embarrassed, but I have a question for you. I don't know what this OSINT means. What is OSINT? And he, this person knew my background. And he said, Tracy, you know, OSINT, you you do it as a librarian. And I honestly didn't even know what he was talking about. And I said, "What do you what do you mean? And he said, What do you call all that research you do when you find all that information? And I said, my job, doing my job. That's what we called it. (laughs) So that's when he explained to me, well, in this world in information security world that has a term, it's called OSIN, open source intelligence. And I learned all the different kinds of intelligence. And that's when I was like, oh. I am coming into this new industry with this knowledge already. So that's why I wanted to make sure I was clear to anyone who may have that light bulb moment as well of, oh, I already know this. I just didn't know it had a name.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This reminds me of my story, exactly the same. So I was doing research on violent extremists and terrorists online. And then I was just surprised by how much information is out there. And then literally just by accident, I stumbled across this one website, which was talking about research methods and also mentioned INT, And I was the same, like, what on earth is OSINT? So I Googled it, and then once I found out what it was, it just opened up a new world for me. Yeah, you also talked about that OSINT should be seen as like a complementary um, skill or, yeah, additional intelligence um, discipline that can be utilized within the, this whole cybersecurity realm. So for anyone who wants to get into InfoSec, into this field of information security, while also doing OSINT, it should be more seen as like a complementary additional skill, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I personally I feel like it's it's more of a additional skill to have. Again, I'm sh- I'm sure somebody could prove me wrong and that there are jobs that are just 100% OSINT. I I, I have I'm not aware of them. <laughs> but again, I don't know that I'd want to do OSINT 100% of the time because I also like the synthesis of that information and doing something with the information. Cause you, you have to think about that too. You need to look at the intelligence cycle as a process. You know, just having raw data isn't intelligence, it's having action items and an analysis of that raw data is where the intelligence comes in. So that's what I also think people get confused. They think that just their Googling skills means that like, that they're an OSIN professional. Uh, There's a a mug that says, don't confuse your Googling skills with my library degree. (laughs) And and it's the same kind of idea for for OSIN of like, yeah, just because you can Google doesn't mean you're a skilled at OSIN. Um, Now I know I'm biased because I do have a master's of library and information science degree, but there's also ethics behind this. I mean, how are you obtaining this information? Are you obtaining it by ethical means? Uh, there, There are people who will obtain technically OSINT, but by suspicious means. And again, I worked in law firm libraries for most of my library career. So I have the approach to OSINT that it has to be admissible in court. You know, I can't obtain anything by a legal means or by uh, questionable ethical means because I wouldn't hold up in a case for an attorney. So what I'm trying to do when I speak to folks in OSINT or people wanting to get into this industry, I encourage them to use research in OSINT in a way that's ethical, legal, uh, and also very mindful of what sources you're using. If you come back with a bunch of links from Russia today, well, that is a known biased source. So I feel like library science is really a huge part of, of OSINT. And I really like to see the, a marriage of those two more. Like you need to be really mindful of sources. And I feel like the average person who uh, feels like they're skilled at, at Googling doesn't necessarily pay attention to citations or sources or how they're obtaining the information um, and even time is important. You know, what time was an article posted because did something significant happen after that and that article may be lacking some new developments. So there, there's a lot that goes into it that you really have to think about.
0: I, I totally agree with you. There are so many points. I just took some notes like. Especially with OSINT, I also feel that because there is no barrier and because you just need an internet access and a computer, anyone can start right away with investigating whatever they want. And because there are no barriers that prevents people from doing certain things, anyone can do it. And this can quickly lead to uh, underestimating this profession as a whole, completely disregarding all the basics. And I, I keep saying that the basics are so important. And as you just said, the evaluation of the, the sources or even understanding how our brain works and all these biases that affect our thinking, especially in the analysis, these are all important aspects that get dismissed in favor of doing something cool and fun. Yeah, but- but i'm not saying like you shouldn't have any fun at all but
1: oh no 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 but but i want fun. people to think of it this way i mean just because you bake cupcakes at home doesn't mean you're a pastry chef
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the same
1: sort of thing you know you can do all kinds of things you want in in your home and do it the way that you want but if you actually want to do this as a profession or as a part of your job you know again akin to the pastry chef you know, you have to have some training and you have to have ethics yeah, and, and rules. Absolutely. So so think about it that way. You can make all the cupcakes you want at home, and you could be a very good home baker, uh, but it doesn't mean you're going to win on the great British bake off, <laughs> or you can't go around calling yourself a pastry chef just because you bake at home. Yeah. It's it's the same principle. You you need to have some training in order to call yourself an OSINT professional, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely, and this will also lead to the, the next segment within this episode, which is focusing on the skills. Say we are interested in working in InfoSec. We are seeking some role that has also some OSINT component in it. So from your experience and from your career, what skills do you require to work in this field? Like, Again, I'm talking about the basic stuff. Let, let's assume I don't know anything and I want to pursue a career because I find it so cool. So what do I need?
1: Well, it, it depends. I mean, on the one end, I can talk about curiosity is really required. There's a lot of just skills in that a person has is gonna make you more successful in InfoSec or OSINT. And curiosity is one. Um, you know, willing to be persistent, not give up after five minutes because you can't find yeah. <laughs> something, <laughs> but also having the humility to know when to ask for help. Yeah. Don't spend three hours looking for something, especially if you're, if you're charging by the hour, if you're, say, an independent contractor, mm-hmm. you know, your client's going to be really upset if they're having to pay a bill for three or six hours of research and you don't really have a lot. Yeah. So you need to have the humility to be able to say, OK, I need help. I can't find mm-hmm. this. Uh, it's it's when you get into trouble is when you kind of have that cowboy attitude. When you think I can do this, anybody can yeah. do this, <laughs> I can find it. Uh, y- you really need to to be curious, be humble, be organized.
2: <laughs>
0: Very important. Yeah. Uh,
1: you what I think a lot of people think that OSIN is uh, that famous Meme of somebody standing in front of a board that has all these pieces of paper connected with yarn and string, yeah. <laughs> and they look all disheveled and kind of kind of out of their mind. I feel like people think that's what Osin mm. is. <laughs> No, you need to be a little bit more organized than that. And that's where information management comes in and where my library skills come in, and this is why I'm trying to encourage more librarians to get into OSIN and InfoSec, because it's also organizing that information. Because, again, I mentioned timing, the timing of an article could mean you having complete information and you missing it. Um, You know, you you need to be mindful of stuff like that. And again, where what's the source? I, I prepared a talk recently. I was going well i was accepted to speak at ShmooCon, but uh because they changed the date i don't know if i can participate okay. anymore but I, I i do get into looking at sources and i use russia as an example i i, I put a couple n- names of russian newspapers up on the screen and asked you know i generally ask the audience are you aware of the reputation of all of these titles and i said you know one of these is considered to truly be a neutral and free independent journalism source do you know which one it is and i also mentioned that i have that information confirmed by a colleague who is a russian intelligence specialist so again i wasn't just asking anyone off the street i asked I, again, I didn't ask the home baker. I asked the pastry chef, <laughs> <laughs> so I got the equivalent of pastry chef for Russian intelligence, and gave gave him a list and said, "Can you help me decipher which is a good resource?" And I don't think enough people do that. I think uh, they a lot of people are still of that mindset. Well, if it's on the internet, it must be you know a, a source yeah. to use. No, these are
0: really good points. So just to summarize. So obviously the the subject matter and knowledge, especially if you work in cybersecurity, you have to know the basics. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned curiosity, which I totally agree with, um, especially in the Olsen part, being curious, finding new things, especially researching how to do research, being persistent. That's also another very important trait and asking for help. And this is, I think, another really good point here because you have to know when to ask for help and also to, to just ask for it and being organized as well, so very important traits. Um, Exactly.
1: One other thing I wanted to mention real quick, if it's okay. I don't want people to have the impression that all the OSINT research you do in information security is something scary. Uh, Sometimes you may just need to connect two different people, maybe for business development, so true story, when I was a law firm librarian, I was told that they wanted—they had these two individuals that the lawyer wanted me to find something in common because they wanted to pitch a business opportunity or something yeah. like that. It was all on the up and up. It was all legitimate. But the bottom line is they gave me two individuals that seemingly looked like they had nothing in common. And my task was to figure out so, what they had in common, some sort of way to connect them. And long story short, I was able to figure out that their kids went to the same school. Oh, cool.
0: How did you do that? Yeah. And I didn't do... uh, It was
1: a lot of Facebook and like tagging of things, Mm -hmm. Um, because again, people aren't very good about their operational security. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of things of like checking in for the school, for the school the kids play or something like that. Or kids wearing t-shirts so yeah i was able to to use just regular social media and other resources i think even LinkedIn. i can't remember at the time it's been so many years by now but yeah i was able to say oh by the way like they're both their kids go to this school and here's their school and then i think they were able to connect with them there so it doesn't always have to be something bad but there are ways that you do, or sorry, not ways. There are times that you are going to have to backtrack. Like, uh, I'm going to give a good example, uh, for a period of time. when I worked for the law firm library, I was on what I call disaster watch because the law firm represented a lot of insurance companies. So when something went bad in the world, I had to track down information because they needed that for insurance purposes. So, uh, there was a period, uh, maybe what, 20 years ago, I think, when there was a big building boom in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, there was a lot of crane accidents, so I had to investigate you know, who owned the crane, who owned the building, were things outsourced, so I had to dig into all that business information. And yeah, it's very, it's very sensitive because in some of the instances people died Yeah, and I'm poking around. So if I did have to reach out to talk to someone, I had to know how to behave. You know, I had to act respectfully. I had to act professionally uh, and get, but still get the information. So again, I w I didn't want to give people the, the sense that every time you do OSIN as an infosec professional, that it's something scary, like uh, like, you know, or kind of like the research you do with the, with the threat groups, it could be something as innocuous as just trying to connect two people or trying to identify a photo. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, I, I tried to point out to people that the photos they're posting is very easy to figure out where they were. So it, it doesn't always have to be bad stuff. So I don't want to give people that impression. Yeah,
0: no, no, that's a really good point. And this is also one of the reasons why I started OSINT Jobs is because this is like such a vast landscape. And within these different fields, there are again so many different opportunities. From my background, I focus on, on bad things online, but there are so many other great areas where people can work.
1: Yeah, like helping to find missing people. There are groups within information security that specialize in doing OSINT to help find missing people. Uh, so that that's a great way to use those skills. Now again, that can be sad and upsetting because there, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you may get into some uh, illegal activity or some just very sad situations. Uh, but again, that skill is useful if you help to locate someone who wants to be found. By the way,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think also what helps to to figure out like where could I work if I wanted an OSIN awesome job is to think about it in terms of is supporting a decision maker because at the end of the day, this intelligence or open source intelligence is going to get used by someone who has to make a decision. And this is the thing. There are so many areas where OSINT can be immensely helpful that leads a decision maker to favor option A and not option B based on the publicly available information. So Tracy, um, let's move on to the, the, the career bits so you explained what information security is, how OSINT can be used in information security. And now we talked about the skills uh, required. Let's talk about your career. So I found it amazing like how you transitioned from a librarian to an information security expert. So can you tell us a little bit about how you did this and how everything started and maybe give some advice as well? Sure,
1: absolutely. So now remember, keep in mind my job at the, at the library within the law firm, I was doing a lot of OSINT all day yeah. long. I just didn't know what it was was called. So it was actually the security part that drew me to this this world. And I just knew that that skill of OSINT was going to be useful and, and handy. I honestly I I can say that I didn't know the extent of how useful it would be until I got into yeah. <laughs> it. <laughs> But um, I just knew that it was going to be a useful skill. So what I'd recommend is while you're discovering things, while you're learning, I mean, st- step up where you are, have what I call an intrapreneurial spirit. We're all familiar with entrepreneur. You know, They go around and starting businesses yeah. and things like that. Harness that energy. Call that an intrapreneur because you're working within your company and and maybe just start OSIN or security projects on your own or or maybe offer to help better organize, you know, carve a niche out of your job now, obviously talk to your manager or reach out to a different department who might need assistance with that. The, the way I did this with security is it's I called it my quirky hobby. I reached out to the CIO and I presented a plan to do security awareness for
0: October. And he said, Oh, I love this plan. You're gonna run it. Amazing.
1: <laughs> and I was I was still the librarian at this firm, yeah. but he I I wrote up this five-point plan and I had, you know, this whole presentation and I sent it to him. And that's what you have to do. Sometimes you just have to step up, show what you know, show your passion. And you know, what was the worst that was gonna happen? He was gonna tell me no, that I couldn't do it. I wasn't gonna get fired over it. But what did happen is after October cybersecurity awareness month was over, I asked what else I could do for the firm for research and security. And the response was, well, you can do more security stuff next year, next October. And that's the push I needed to start to figure out a career change because I knew that I wanted to do this full time and not as just like an ad hoc sort of activity. But I actually spoke to a woman the other day who was a librarian, became a software engineer, and then was looking at getting into InfoSec, but had a lot of questions and hesitations. And so I came out of that talk with her trying to emphasize of you can be an InfoSec advocate where you are. And you can still dip a toe in our infosec world and our osint world and come to our meetings and our conferences and our trainings but you can still stay where you are and just be a security advocate or be an OSINT advocate so i don't want everyone to think that you have to like up and quit your job (laughs) to do this Um, especially if you're happy if you're happy where you are just become an advocate for good security practices good research practices and and just kind of create it as a, as a niche with, within your job.
0: So I just wrote down stepping up, showing your passion and being persistent, but also you wanted to change something within the company. But I think at the end, and this is also what I tell people, is follow your interests and passion because there are cool things. Like I love so many things. I love data science. I love developing software. If I had the time, I would love to do everything, but it's just simply not possible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when I also just think about, is this really what I want to do every day? I, I have to be honest with me and then be like, it's cool, but it's not what I want to do every single day. And that's why I focus my attention on, on on OSINT and just do it. It could have been also something else, but I think, and I've spoken to so many people and they agree that as long as you follow your passion, it doesn't have to be InfoSec or OSINT and it's what makes you happy, you're gonna be happy and successful in it um, automatically, I believe, because you're gonna do the extra things that you just said, you're gonna step up, you're gonna show your passion, you're gonna try to do something and change within the company. And I think this is true.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea if you're happy where you are just to kind of carve out a niche for yourself. Um, The only thing I warn about passion is you have to make sure that you don't get taken advantage of because it's passion. Um, that and that's a, a big pitfall because I, I do believe that you should have passion for these things but passion wants to get paid yeah. <laughs> so I do advocate for this entrepreneurial spirit but not to a point where you're being taken advantage yes. of by your employers so in my case you know yes I did I stepped up and volunteered to do the security awareness program but again it was only a couple months, total that I was at the law firm before I left because I knew I wanted to pursue this more full time. So I don't feel like I was taking advantage of even though I had this extra stuff to do. It actually helped me with my new career. But yeah, if I had stayed at that firm and it just keep doing all these ad hoc, all one off security projects, I think eventually that would have been really awkward and really at a disadvantage for me because, yeah, then they would have been taking advantage of my passion. So that's all I want to warn is, is, yeah, you just need to be mindful of how much your passion is being utilized at work without you getting extra uh, compensation or other um, or or other benefits from That's
0: that. an excellent point. I, I've spoken to so many people, it happened to me as well, that people try to, they see that you're passionate and then they are asking. They're asking for one small thing, then they're asking again. And then it turns out that it's mm-hmm. a complete OSINT course, what they are asking for, and they're not willing to pay. This is a big problem, I think, in the OSINT industry, but I guess it's also across other industries as well. And what people don't understand is that you're also not asking the the car mechanic down the road. Oh, you're so passionate with cars. Can you just have a look? I, exactly, yeah, you have to pay. exactly.
1: And I do have a tip for people uh, because when I first joined InfoSec and people knew that I had a librarian background, I would constantly get messages in my private messages from Twitter, uh, people asking me to do research for them, you know, like personal research and things like that. And I get why they were asking, because it was my skill set, but my skill sets come with a price.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what I recommend that people do,
1: if you're put in that position, you can just very politely just respond, you know, yes, I would You know, be interested in looking into that for you. Would you like my hourly or project rate?
0: That's a really good phrase.
1: Yeah, because you're not, you know, you're letting them know that your skills have value. And ninety-nine percent of the time, if any if no if people weren't looking to pay for your skills, that will that will push them away. Um, and then if someone is rude and pushes back and says, like, well, you know, you love to do this, well, I also like to pay my mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm passionate it's like well, you're passionate about OSN. I'm also passionate about having somewhere yeah, to yeah. live. So, so true. You know, I I so want true. yeah, I want people to have confidence to have a value set on their skill set. Now, I know that there's always going to be incident, incidents where it might be like just a quick you know, thing, less than five minutes to look up for someone. Okay, but be mindful how many times they keep coming back to you for those quick five minute things. There have been people that I've done freebies for, but I've kept track. And this one person came da- back to me for a third time. And I was aware and I was like, okay, well, this is the third time. Now you've asked me for a freebie. I was like, I was happy to help you this two other times gratis. I was like, but now we're kind of getting into, uh, you know, like a habit here. And they backed off. They, you know, they never did pay me, but again, I, I prevented myself from being taken advantage of, and I was nice about it. I mean, never be mean, but just know that your skills have value. And, you know, you need to make up a decision of whether or not you do want to do something for free. That's up for you. But again, don't let them keep coming back to you. At some point you have to be like, okay, look, like, you know, I've been doing X amount of value for you at no cost so we need to kind of discuss that and the payment can be up to you if you just want them to join a coffee of the month club so that you get a pound of coffee every month sent to you if that's and again i'm not talking about you know thousands of dollars or euros or wherever your your currency is you decide what the value is because, yeah, some, uh, somebody wanted me to, to speak uh, for that, uh, for some conference they were running, and I knew the group didn't have a lot of money, but I knew they could afford a bottle of gin. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, sure. I said, um, I'll speak, and um, but just buy me – like, I'll send you a link. This is the bottle of gin I want. And that would have made and and that made me happy. And they were like, "Oh, that's all you want." And I was like, "Well, I know you can't afford it yeah. anymore." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "So yeah, I want this nice bottle of gin. It wasn't that expensive. It
0: was under a hundred bucks, but I was out of gin and I needed gin. So <laughs> that's a cool idea. I think I should start also my wish list and ask for whiskey or something."
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. I know, and I know, like people think I'm joking, but like. Be mindful of the group. Yeah, because sometimes people can't afford, you know, thousands of dollars, but they could afford a hundred dollar bottle of liquor. You know, and, and that's up to you. And then, you know, that's for you to decide. Is your work only, you know, would a hundred dollar bottle of liquor be equivalent to the, the effort you put out? Or would it make you happy and feel fulfilled? But it doesn't have to be thousands of dollars. You know, it, you figure out what that value is, but as long as you get something in return, because otherwise you're being taken advantage of.
0: Tracy, that was amazing. Thank you so much for um, joining me today and telling me about the world of InfoSec, how awesome it is being used, and about the skill set required and the characteristics or attributes of an analyst working in this field, but also walking me through your impressive career and also the challenges that you faced. And this is exactly the reason why I wanted to have this podcast series, to sit down with successful practitioners and learn about Dekarik. So thanks again so much.
1: <laughs> it's my pleasure. I love talking about this and I'm so thrilled that we were able awesome. to finally m-
0: yeah, meet. Yeah, <laughs> Neat, exactly. <laughs> and for all the listeners, if you like this episode, just please subscribe, like, and retweet. That's it. You don't have to do more than that. If you're looking for OSINT jobs, just go on to OSINTjobs.com. And finally, if you want to reach out to Tracy, you will find all the links in the show notes.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure. And I do have a a blog, which I'll I'll give you the link for. It's on Medium. You can look me up there as Infosec Sherpa. I do a daily news roundup, which again is OSINT related. (laughs) And my take on it is that I find articles that are cybersecurity related that are maybe under the radar. Uh, that things that people don't necessarily see. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback from people saying, yeah, I'm not seeing anybody talking about this, and this is a big issue. Uh, so I really pride myself on using my OSINT skills to to find news articles that are a little bit off the beaten path. And I also do straight up OSINT blog okay. posts. I will find a website or an app, and I'll break it down and give you a review on how to use it. So all that stuff is on my, on my blog, which I'll link awesome.
0: to. Awesome. You will find everything in the show notes. Thanks again, Tracy.
1: My pleasure. Visant la Tasra.